Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Jarek Buchholz, uh, one of the guys who is running and helping all the investors in entire Canada to be more successful. And we have our lovely lady, Shelly Hagen, today. Hello, Shelly. Hey, Jarek. How are you today? I am always good. You know that, right? <laughs> always good. <laughs> I should know better than to say that. <laughs> <clears throat> I always believe it. If there's so many people saying not too bad, and I found it that is so two negative words within one sentence, right? Ah, so and you need to say I'm good. I am good. I am, <laughs> you know. And honestly, even if you're feeling not so good, you'll make you feel much better than you expect, and people around you are much more positively thinking about anything. So. I am always a good guy. It doesn't matter if I have a huge headache or something is wrong happening. I'm always good, right? So, but go. I, we are not talking about my feeling about you know and about me. Uh, we are talking today about joint ventures, right? Exactly. Okay, perfect. Exactly. So, I do not want to spend so much time. Let's jump on it. I'm going to change to your monitor. Okay. Okay. And. Can anybody else confirm that they can see um, Shelley's, Madam Shelley's here screen? I see it. Okay, you see it? Okay. Perfect. Thank you guys for confirmations. Everybody see yes. So do you see just my presentation or do you see the little thing? Yes, on only, your, only your presentation. Office, okay. is smart, office is smart enough that doesn't see your, your notes. Okay, good. Well, I was just wondering because I have the little screen open for the webinar on the side. I just wanted to uh, make sure that wasn't blocking the view for everybody. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for everyone joining us tonight to talk about joint venture marketing. Uh, I'm sure this is a really hot topic for most of us. I've just been doing this presentation for the uh, Canadian Real Estate Wealth magazine in a couple of different locations. I was just did it in Toronto and in uh, Vancouver, as well as for the forum that, that uh, Yarek had here. But I thought it was a very timely um, um, project or sorry presentation to make um, for pretty much anyone. From statistics that I've seen from research that's been done by Canadian Wealth Magazine, uh, joint ventures and uh, rent to own are the two top uh, topics that people are wanting more information about. So I thought it was a good opportunity to come on and talk to it. It's been a while since I did a webinar for the group. And uh, Eric, what do you think? you think it's something that the membership is interested in? Are you still there? Okay, I guess he's moved on. Anyway, I'm going to uh, start by talking. Okay, good. 
All right, so for those of you that don't know me, I've been a full-time investor since 2011, I'm sorry, 2001, what am I talking about? I'm now working on my 13th year. I started this little adventure in real estate investing called, uh, with my business partner, uh, Carol McConaughey. We'd worked together at Sastel, the phone company, for over 20 years, have been friends, we have, you know, expensive experience in business and management, and we're just looking for a different opportunity to go off and do something different. So we took a look around, a severance package was offered to us, and we decided we would go off and, and try something different, and here we are, real estate investing. Um, we kick-started our whole investing career by working, taking some initial training through the prestigious Rich Dad Education uh, organization, and we also hired a mentor uh, because we believed that, you know, investing in ourselves uh, to help us grow and develop was important to kick-start our business and get ourselves moving forward in the right track. As a result, the first year Carol and I were able to acquire 96 units. Some of those, most of those single families, some multi-units, and we had 48 of those units that we managed ourselves in what we always affectionately call the hood in Regina. Uh, we were inducted into the Hall of Fame with Rich Dad Education in 2002 for excellence in investing, and we really never looked back from there. We started in Saskatchewan, moved into Alberta, Manitoba, on uh, Quebec, and British Columbia, as well as we've invested out in Texas, Michigan, Nevada, and Arizona. So we've done a variety of different things. Um, so far, people always ask me, you know, how many deals have we done, whatever. It's somewhere over 200 deals, but, you know, really hard to keep track after a time. You just don't know. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is helping others succeed, and that's why I'm a member of Canada Reek. Um, I've been the member here for right since the very beginning when Eric started talking about setting this thing up. I thought it was a great idea, and I was the, the second person to sign up to the organization, and I've been around for a long time, and I really enjoy coming on and helping as a coach and mentor through the program and uh, look for opportunities, work with other people, and help other people succeed. And I've been doing that um, through different organizations and through my own company since 2003 as far as mentoring and coaching other people and training them on how to invest in real estate. What we're going to cover tonight is why would we do joint ventures? What kind of joint ventures deals would we do? How do we find those people to come in and partner with us? How do we promote that as well as the deals that we have? And then in turn, once I do get those people in place, how do I protect them and myself so that we're you know, going forward in a, in a manner that is professional and ethical? And how do we manage the joint venture going forward? So why do I do joint ventures? Well, when Carol and I started out in this business, we were you know, both very independent women. We had always done our own thing. We got together. We were able to successfully buy, you know, for 96 units, using our own credit and different, you know, creative financing techniques. We didn't have a whole lot of money to put into this, but we were able to leverage the knowledge that we had through the training that we took to, you know, put together a bunch of creative deals that we didn't need to use our money. We used the seller's money in a lot of cases and did vendor take back and different other different strategies, etc. At some point in time, though, you get to a point where you know you run out of your own ability to get financing because of the income that you had or whatever it happens to be. And we, after about a year, we were in that situation and we kind of looked around and went, "Okay, we don't want to stop here. We want to continue growing our business and learning and doing different deals. 
how do we do that? What do we need to do next? So we realized that we needed to bring on partners. And we needed to find some people that would come in and help us and support us with financially and financially with down payments or cash, or that would help us get financing. So other people's money became very important. And it was very difficult for us to go and ask people for money. Since I've left home with my parents, you know, I think I've borrowed 20 bucks from my dad since I left home. So for me to go sit down with somebody and ask them to invest money with me in properties was tough. And same with Carol. So we sat down, we put together a package, talked about all the different things that we thought they would ask us about, had a deal that we specifically needed money with, and we phoned up a couple people and set up appointments. And we went and met with the people and reviewed the deals with them. And we started out dealing with some people that had been like some of our coaches and mentors and you know managers that we worked with at the phone company. And what we were surprised to find is that people were very open to investing with us very quickly. Now, most of you, or most of you that I talk to, my mentor students and different uh, associates that I work with, you know, are always very worried about going forward and asking people for money, especially if you haven't done a whole lot of deals yet. But keep in mind, there's a couple of things that you already have going for you. First and foremost, you have uh, you know a, a history with people. People know who you are. They know that you're an ethical person. They know that you're you know somebody that they can count on. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got together with you to begin with, uh, or they would have you know disassociated themselves with you a long time ago. And when you bring a deal to them and show them that this is a good viable deal, people will look at that because of the relationship with you. So even if it is the very first deal you've done, as long as you have a good deal, it's very easy to find the money. There's two different ways to put that money together, and that is either an investment loan or a venture agreement. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the differences and the two. But don't underestimate your credibility and don't be afraid because you never know unless you ask. <clears throat> and you won't get money for all those deals that you don't ask about. But you never know, you might actually get money for the deals that you do go ask for. So you just need to have a leap of faith and try it. So investment loans, when I'm talking about that, I'm meaning someone that would lend me money, cash as a down payment, for example, and I would use that then and provide them a return an interest on the mortgage, just like I would if I was borrowing the money from the bank. So that would be a, a typical loan. That could be cash, or it could be RSPs that they could be using as well. Now that I'm not going to go into a lot on RSPs tonight. That could be a totally different topic at some point in time that we can do that. Anyway, typically I'm going to charge them anywhere from, or I'm going to give them anywhere from six to twenty percent interest, depending whether it's a first mortgage, second mortgage, how long I'm keeping the money, and the the amount of risk in the deal. If I'm going to uh, borrow their money and give them equity in the deal later, rather than pay them interest as we go along, then that would be a joint venture agreement or a joint GBA, as we're as I'm going to refer to as we go along. In some areas, you might have uh, an in-trust agreement. What I would suggest when you get into joint ventures you need to have a discussion with your lawyer as to what it is you're planning to do, get them to help you do up the documentation, and talk to them about how you would register security on your property to protect yourself. So make note of that for yourself as a to-do item. Talk to your lawyer, and for those people, if anyone's joining us from Quebec, 
he would probably be dealing with a notary. A notary is a, a lawyer in Quebec that specifically deals with real estate, not referring to a notary public, totally different. So when I do a joint venture, I typically exchange equity in the property or part of my profit for the ability for them to loan me some money. It's very unique. It's nothing is carved in stone. So please let me highlight that right now. It's totally up to you and your business partner or the joint venture partner as to how much you're going to pay them and what they need to do. Now keep in mind one thing here. I've had a couple of my mentor clients just recently who would borrow money from people and the people had charged them a full year's interest for the money, whether they used it for one month or a full year. Now I just want to highlight, for those of you who don't know, there is something called a usury law in Canada, which is a loan sharking law, and basically it says that you cannot charge someone interest of more than 59.9% annualized interest. So if I was going to loan you money and charge you 10% and I wanted the full year's interest on that no longer how long you kept it, if you only kept it for one month and you paid me, that's actually 120% interest that I'd be charging you. And that's illegal for me to do that. Keep that in mind when you're talking to people that are coming on with you um, that want to lend you money. They need to understand too, you know, what they're, or how they're putting themselves in some risk by asking for those kind of returns. And you certainly, you know, shouldn't probably not be taking that kind of money. That's just a little bit uh, too expensive. Now getting back to how much I'm going to pay them otherwise, I would probably give them as a joint venture partner, I would probably give them anywhere from 25 to 50 percent of the deal depending on what they do. And I'll explain that a little bit further as I go forward. Okay, nothing carbon stone. Typical deals that I do joint ventures with are the buy, rent, and hold certainly, which is probably the most common. And for those of you that are RAIN members and, and members of some other uh, organizations, this is very common for people to you know, recommend that you, how you would get into deals. But the next most common is something that I tend to do more so with my single family homes, and that is rent to own. I'll bring in a joint venture partner to help me do the uh, deal, the rent to own deal. And it's a short two to three year type proposition usually. And of course, very common is the buy, fix, and sell. I'm going to get in, do the property, fix it, sell it, and move on. Of course, we also have land development, condo conversions, which are very common and very popular as well. What I, what I typically do is I try to get joint venture partners for my buy, fix, and sell and rent, rent towns first and foremost because they, are, they do tend to be a shorter time frame. Buy, fix, and sell typically anywhere from three to six months. Rent to owns can be you know, two to three years on average. The reason that I tend to do those more commonly for joint ventures is because the people don't have their money tied up or their credit tied up necessarily for a long period of time. If I need someone to come in with me on a buy, rent, and hold, land development or condo conversion, then it's usually a much longer time period that I'm going to be having them involved in my deal. And you need to get the right person who has the ability to stay into those deals for a long term. Um, with the rent on and buy, fix, and sell, 
those are quick things. They can get in and out. And things happen in people's lives. You know, their kids go to school, university, they need money to send them to school. Things happen, they get sick, they need money for to cover expenses or whatever during that time. So I always keep that in mind when I'm getting into those deals and making sure that people are really clear on what their needs are and does it suit the need of the project. So keep that in mind. As well as I'm getting into these deals, I need to know, you know my market, I need to do my due diligence on the deal, make sure it's a good deal. And I want to have a backup plan just in case something happens with that deal. So the type of people that I bring in for joint ventures typically are people that do cash. That could be cash funds or line of credit funds. And they put down the down payment to help me get into a property. Or maybe in some cases, people have enough money they can help me buy a property outright, do the fix and sell, and then move on. Some people come in and assist me with financing. Or commonly, I have people that bring both cash and financing to the table to help me do the deal. I also, though, do have uh, friends and family members who are contractors who might come in with me and do a sweat equity deal. So maybe I'm doing a buy, fix, and sell, and I have one of my contractors come in. They provide some of the materials to do the renovation, and they also provide all the labor. And instead of just billing me for it, we'll do the deal, and at the end, I'll give them a percentage of the deal. The If I have people that um, have a large amount of money that they want to invest that can enable me to buy more than one property, I will look at setting up a corporation together with them and have a shareholders agreement rather than a joint venture agreement that says how we're going to work together within this corporation. And they would become shareholders along with me in that corporation. In some cases, when I'm buying these properties, whenever possible, I like to keep them in my name or my corporation's name. I buy all my stuff through corporations. But sometimes I may not have the ability to get financing at that time, and maybe my joint venture partner has is going to bring in the cash and help get the, the, the financing. In that case, I may put it under their name rather than my corporate name. So there's different ways that you can do it. Again, there's no carved in stone way. It's totally up to you, the situation, the deal, and certainly your joint venture partner and what their needs are. My role in this project is that I'm the managing partner. I'm the one that is going to control the project, control the deal, communicate with the investors as required, manage the financing, make sure the mortgage, taxes, and insurance are paid, pay the investor as applicable, manage any repairs or property management that needs to happen as we go along with this process. That's why I get paid in the deal. I find the deal. I find the joint venture partner, I manage it going forward, and that's where I bring the value to the table in order for me to get paid. People always ask me, where do I find my joint venture partners? Well, they're absolutely everywhere. You never know where you're going to meet somebody that is interested in what it is you do. I meet people at all kinds of functions when I'm out and about. I don't have problems talking to people, for those of you that know me. Um, and so I just start strike up conversations. I talk to people on elevators or at Walmart or wherever, and you never know who you might meet and where they might be from and what kind of interests that they have. So always be open and making sure that you're you know, telling people who you are and what it is you do. 
if you have a good deal, you will find the money. Because people, there's people out there looking for good deals. So important, and you're, you need to be networking. Networking, networking, networking. You network, to, network determines your net worth. I can't stress that enough. Tell everyone what it is you do. Start with your friends, your family, business associates, other people that you've met you know, through different associations of some kind. Just tell everybody who it is you know, that you're meeting, who you are, and what it is you do. Your business card should make reference to the fact that you're an investor and you, you know, provide investment opportunities. Certainly your websites, Facebook, LinkedIn, you may put deals up too. I do want to highlight though that please do not advertise at any time um, in email or on the internet that you have a guaranteed return because unless you have an offer memorandum that shows how you're going to guarantee that return and what you're going to do, then you're kind of walking a bit of a fine line in that particular aspect. And the uh, Securities Commission in each province monitors websites to see what people are advertising. And if you do specify a guaranteed return, they're going to contact you and want to see your offering memorandum. Now, I would assume that a good portion of us on here tonight don't have offering memorandums. So uh, you can borrow money from people as loans. You can do uh, joint venture partnerships. It's not that they're illegal to do them. You just need to do them the right way. So over time, as you build your business, word of mouth referrals. People are going to you know, have good experience with you. They're going to tell other people about what kind of deals you have and share that with other friends and family. Um, you might actually host a meeting. I had some clients one time that hosted a meeting with some friends just to kind of practice their presentation because they were going to be doing a formal presentation to some business associates later. So they were at a dinner party. They just brought up their presentation, reviewed it, and at the end, people that they were at the dinner party with were interested in investing and they hadn't even thought that they would be interested. So again, you never know. Certainly newsletters, emails, phone calls that you're going to get, you know, just talk to people in terms of have they ever considered investing in real estate, maybe you have deals you can sell them, maybe they don't want to do the deal all by themselves, maybe they want to join venture with you, whatever it happens to be. Certainly if you're not a member of a real estate investment club, like Canada Rate, you know, we do have a lot of webinars, but Bjork does also have um, formal meetings that he holds on a regular basis. Uh, for those of you that don't live in Calgary where he has those meetings, I would highly recommend that you go attend a club in your area where they actually have physical meetings once a month or once a quarter so that you can network with other people. Certainly through Canada Reek, you have the blogs and the different forums that you can you know, put stuff on and look for guidance and assistance from the people in the membership. Take advantage of those things as you go along. The people that I work with that are typical joint venture partners um, come to me for a reason. They, they come because you know they're interested in real estate, they just don't know how to do it. They have access to money out of the stock market. Right now, the stock market is very tenuous and people are very concerned about what's been going on with you know, the United States and Europe and now seeing things that are happening in Asia. They're very concerned about where their money is sitting, and they'd rather put it into bricks and mortar, you know, housing, some kind, rather than have it out there in the stock market. So 
it's a good opportunity to start talking to people that you meet that have those uncertainties with that and you can give them an alternate uh, investment vehicle through real estate. A lot of people maybe have stock market stuff and they want to get into real estate because they want to diversify their portfolio. Uh, they don't have time to work the deals themselves. They have great jobs. They love what they do. They just really want to, you know, build a better retirement plan than using just their RSPs. Uh, most of these people really just want to be passive investors. They got money to invest in different forms, maybe equity in their houses. They just want to look for an opportunity to get out and do that somehow. And you can come along and show them a great opportunity to invest in real estate and not have to do a whole lot of the work. Now, you could also help by training them on the first deal so that when you're done, they can turn around and take the experience and the knowledge that they gained from you and then turn around and do it themselves afterwards. So, you know, that could be a win-win for, for them. Maybe with, by the time they're done, they might just say, no, I really don't want to do it myself. Even though I've learned all about it, I'd rather just keep my money with you and let's do it again. Quite often, people will just continue to roll their money over and over. So when you're meeting people, just start with a general conversation about you know who you are and what you what it is you do, and uh, you can always just ask, "Has anyone here ever invested in real estate? Oh, has anyone ever had an interest in investing but didn't know how to do it?" And then maybe you could go from there and say, "Well, you know, have you what kind of things have you thought about investing?" Open up the conversation, get them to start talking to you about what they've been thinking about, what they're looking for. And then you can you know, play on what that was and, and highlight what your services are and what you could do in your business. Um, talk to them about what kind of returns they're going to get. You know, Probably I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail with them if I'm at a function of some kind. I want to set up an arrangement to meet with them later on, go for coffee at Tim Hortons or something, to sit down and talk more specifically about their needs for them and their family. In the meantime, once I've set up that meeting, I'm going to put together a presentation so that I can sound professional when I get together with them. So you want to review kind of who you are and what it is you do and how long you've been doing it. Um, you want to talk, you know, about the projects you might have or ones that you've done in the past and give them some specific examples. And maybe you have a current one, you can present the current one. See a little bit about who you are and what it is you do and what could do that. Some of it is a bit of an education because they may or may not have ever done investing in real estate and they may not understand all of the terminology that you have. You know, every business you have your own set of jargon and uh, you just may need to explain it. We tend to sometimes just talk in terms of, of the language that we're familiar with within our industry, but not everyone's familiar with it. So please keep that in mind when you're talking to people. And explain to them, you know, about the project, what kind of timelines you're looking, and explain to them what you require for the project. If you seem to be getting some interest from them, then I'll talk about, okay, if someone was interested in investing with me, here's what I would do with them in return. And I would give them some idea of what the project's all about, summarize the deal, how much money we need, what kind of return I'm going to give them, etc. I am very cautious on all my projections because I do a lot, as I mentioned, with buy, fix, and sell and the rent to own. And I can't always guarantee the price that I'm going to be able to sell it for at the end. I have an idea based on my due diligence. And I always try to under-promise and over-deliver. So if I think I can do a buy, fix, and sell and sell it for 350 
I might say work on my numbers at 330 so that it looks worst case. If I actually end up selling it for closer to 350, bonus, we end up making more money. So under promise and over deliver at the end. Don't guarantee any returns. Make sure they understand that is real estate's a tenuous business. Things happen in the market. You never know what might be going on. My your best uh, suggestion to you is to have a backstop plan. People want to know what's in it for them, but also how are they going to be protected. And I do explain to them based on the kind of investment they do with me. If they come in and give me a loan, then I would register a mortgage, either a first, a first mortgage or a second mortgage, and I'll register on title so that you know I can't sell the property without paying them so they know what's going on. Same with a joint venture agreement or an trust agreement. If I borrowed some money from somebody to do a you know, rent to own and I have a certain percentage I'm going to give them, we're going to write up a joint venture agreement and I'm going to register that as a caveat on the title again to protect their interest. So when it comes time to sell the property, we can't clear the title until those people are paid or resolved in some, some particular way. In the example, I had somebody that had a substantial amount of money and I can buy multiple properties and we do a joint venture corporation, um, then again I would do a shareholders agreement, again defining who we are. Now they're going to be in the title with the shares of the corporation, so we will handle it as we move forward appropriately based on what we've agreed to. So as we're going along, certainly these you know, people you're talking to have questions and concerns. You may not be able to answer all of them right up front because maybe something you hadn't thought of or never dealt with before. No problem. Just tell them, you know, I just need to check that out and I'll get back to you on it. Uh, it may be a deal breaker that you don't have all the answers, but not often. Most of the time people understand that you need to do a little research or check, check your facts and figures or something to get back to them. You know, as long as you get back to them in a timely manner, it's not an issue. You don't need to know absolutely everything about real estate to you know get into a joint venture it depends but you should be apprised of what's related to the deal that you're working on how much is it going to cost you how much your repair is going to be etc etc you should be able to talk specifically about that deal one thing i do want to highlight too is that not everybody qualifies for your program i had a gentleman that came along one time it was a very nice gentleman and he had uh, been introduced to me by another person. And after we were introduced, he indicated that he had upwards of $1.5 million to invest in real estate and was looking for someone to partner with to do that. So first and foremost, I'm sure most of you kind of are going, wow, $1.5 million. How many people wouldn't want somebody to come along with $1.5 million to you know, invest in real estate? Like That's like a dream come true. However, and he started out by wanting to invest 200000 And we were doing this particular investment down in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I had a couple other people that were looking. And it takes a while to find the right deal. I can't necessarily go out tomorrow and find a deal all the time. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And what we typically found is in Phoenix, it's a numbers game. You need to put in multiple offers and see what sticks and which ones you're successful in getting. So we were slowly working through the process of getting the appropriate properties to meet the needs for us and for our investment partners. And it wasn't going along fast enough. And he started phoning me, uh, you know, 
regularly causing, you know, lots of discussion regarding this. And at some point in time, I just finally said to him, you know, I really didn't think that this type of investment met his investment goals. And I just felt that it would cause too much stress for him to be involved in real estate investing as a rental property we're buying to hold and rent. And uh, that perhaps maybe he might want to look at other types of real estate that might be a little less uh, amount of work or, or the different type of strategies. So he went and invested with a group that had an offer memorandum, something similar to like a Walton, where he would get a guaranteed return every quarter or every month on that particular project. That was more conservative type of investment that suited his needs going forward. The type of stuff that I was talking about and that we work with may or may not you know, just didn't seem to work for him. So keep in mind that it doesn't matter how much money people have, don't be desperate to take the money. Make sure that the person you're working with also, you know, is someone that you can work with and that their investment needs fit along with your project. And it's okay to say no and tell them that they don't work for your project. So it takes a little while getting used to that as you first get into it. it might be your first one. You might be really under the gun to get a project done, trust your gut. Go with your instincts. When you're talking to people, even if it's your very first time doing a presentation, sound as confident as possible. Practice before you get together with the person to do your presentation. It's the first time you've done one. Sit down with your partner, your friends, review it together, get some feedback from them, get comfortable with the whole flow of the presentation, the material, so that when you're getting together with them, it's easier to do. If you do decide to move forward and they have agreed to come on board with you, then that's awesome. Good for you. I would highly recommend, again, that you go back to your lawyer and have your lawyer drop the contract or mortgage documents in the situation specific to your situation that you have. Have them do it. Make sure that it's appropriate and explain to them that you want it registered and you know, determine all the steps and processes that need to do to have that done. And then you're going to want to explain everything to your investor partner that's going to come on with you. Some cases you may give them copies of all the documentation. Certainly they're going to need a copy of a mortgage or a joint, a joint venture. KB it's going to be registered. Uh, but they might also, you know, need copies of the offers to purchase and whatever else for their tax purposes. So you need to make sure that, you know, they understand that there is going to be uh, any money that they get is taxed. They should talk to an accountant and get tax advice and uh, understand totally what, you know, what those implications are going to be. Um, one of the things, too, is you know, part of your due diligence process, make sure you provide an inspection and get the appropriate insurance to protect the property um, and your partners. You don't want to have a property without insurance, have it burned down and lose all your money. As you go forward with businesses in any business, it's really important to develop a good system. So what are the processes you're going to use to manage your joint ventures, how you're going to present it, all that type of stuff, are all processes. And over time, you're going to develop processes that get more efficient the more you do it. Uh, you need to keep track of all the paperwork related to the deal, because these are taxable um, events. And you need to keep track of that, just as you would with any other you know, financial information needs to be kept for six to seven years 
uh, with your, depending on what your accountant's looking for, uh, to you know go back to in case you're ever audited. Um, again, the venture partners might need some information. You need to make sure you're paying the appropriate taxes, um, you know, property taxes, insurance, also your you know, annual filing of taxes, those kind of things. If you've reached to make payments to your joint venture partner on a monthly or quarterly basis, you need to make sure that you're doing those things on time. When is it that I'm going to you know, do it for them? Make sure that you're uh, paying them as appropriate. Um, develop a communication plan for your partner. Provide online access sometimes to the bank account. There's a view-only access. That way the joint venture partner can see that you know, the rent has come in at the month and the mortgage payment, taxes, insurance, and the paid, etc. Whatever it takes to make them feel comfortable and it's manageable for you in the process. So I've gone through this really quickly um, this evening, but here's a couple of things that I would like to summarize with you. First and foremost, when you're in business, the first thing you need to be doing is be marketing your business. On a regular basis, daily, you need to have a marketing plan in place that says you're updating systems or whatever, you're getting your Kijiji ads or ads out on Craigslist, whatever you're using. You need to have systems and processes in place to find properties and deals that are coming in the door consistently on a regular basis. And then you need to be working on finding joint venture partners. Those, I think, I think are the three key things any successful business needs to have. You need to do your due diligence. Now, is this indeed a good property? Is it a good project to work on? You know, what is required to have you know, the property maybe repaired and, and renovated, etc. As the managing partner, making sure that you're controlling the project and communicating with your partners as to what's going on so they feel confident in what's happening. Do what you say you're going to do. Make sure you get everything in writing so there's no misunderstandings. Everyone knows right up front what the expectations are and who's going to do what and how many people are going to get paid. Make those payments on time. Just document, document, document. Do everything you can to protect yourself and your partners. Some, a couple of things I would suggest for those of you that haven't heard of these books. Uh, for those people interested in doing RSP um, investments or loaning, borrowing people's RSP money, I highly recommend the book The RRSP Secret by Greg Hapstrit. Um, in fact, most people I know buy copies, extra ones, and give them out to RSP people who are looking to lend them money. There's also a really good book out by Don Campbell and Russell Westcott from the RAIN organization on real estate joint ventures. And uh, that's the best. These are both Canadian books. They're both Canadian authors, Canadian content. There's other books that are out there too, but there is you know, probably written by someone from the United States. So those are a couple of things. The key going forward is, you know, don't be afraid to dream big and go for it. You know, set a target, set a goal of how many, you know, properties you want to get this year, how many of those are going to be joint ventures that you're going to have people come in and work with you. Uh, Napoleon Hill has said, whatever your mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. And that's really the key to it, is believing that you can do this. It's somewhat intimidating to get out and ask people for money. But if you just feel confident that you're going at it with the right intent and just put it, put it out there to God in the universe, you'll be surprised what comes your way. 
and you never know unless you ask, and you'll be surprised with what will come to you. So I'm, uh, I went through it really quickly. I can't believe how quick that was. But anyway, um, for those of you who don't know who I am, again, my name is Shelley Hagen, and some people have just joined us. Uh, you can check out my websites, and if you would like to copy the presentation, either Yerick will put it up on the website for people to, to download, or you can just send me an email, and I will email it to you as well, and any feedback or questions you might have regarding the, uh, the presentation, I'm most welcome to talk to you about them, for sure. Now I do see we do have one question over here from somebody. In a buy, fix, and sell, are both JB investors, or sorry, are both JBs investors only, or do you get involved with the renos in order to keep your costs down? Oh, good point. So my, my understanding from that question is, do I do the work myself? Um, I try not to whenever possible, but you know, I might have to step in and do something if there's something that needs to be done uh, the last minute or, you know, cleaning because I couldn't get the cleaning service in time and I might have showings the next day or something. Um, usually the joint venture partner is a money partner that comes in and doesn't get involved. Occasionally they might be a sweat equity partner that might actually contribute to the project in order to get paid at the end a portion of the equity. I hope that answered your question. Did that answer the question? I'm not sure who asked it. I will take care of it. Steve, Mr. Steve. Okay. You're unmuted. We can hear you, Mr. Steve. Hello, Steve. Okay. Must have changed his mind. <laughs> That's Does okay. Does anyone else have any questions? Of course. Let me just unmute it. Mr. Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, Shelley. How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? Excellent. Good. I, had, good. Uh, I didn't get uh, much of a chance to catch up with you at, uh, at the live meeting there last time. Um, what are your current projects that you're working on in Canada right now? In Canada? Well, I have, uh, I've been doing uh, some fix and sells myself, and I'm working on some housing projects. Uh, to build some some multi-unit projects, but uh, I've been wholesaling a lot of stuff here in Calgary just recently okay. to different people. So I'm working on a few different strategies, and then of course I'm still in uh, Detroit and Phoenix, and I'm going to Houston next week. Interesting stuff. What's mm -hmm. the best uh, way to get a hold of you these days? Is that that number there that you've got on the screen, or? Yep, absolutely. And that's the best email. So I would like to uh, meet with you to talk about a couple of items that we'll mention okay. on the call here. And I do have a question um, more for um, two things. One suggestion is that when you meet people for joint venture meetings, yeah. you might want to consider bringing them something or buying them lunch or at the very least if you're meeting for coffee, make sure that you always pay. And that will help your, that will help your pitch for sure because you show that you're willing to give to people. And secondly, what's your um, tips on how to start um, marketing for new investors other than, you know, the, the two most common things, you know, Craigslist and GG and what you can do with your website? Well, certainly um, through your website you can, you know, talk about that you provide investment opportunities. Um, but I really would suggest that you, you do get out to um, other networking functions and start talking to people. 
go to the people in your closest to your center of influence, your friends, family, and business associates that you work with on a regular basis. Uh, people that know you already and you have a credible relationship with. Just start talking to them about what it is that you're doing. You need to, you know, really just, especially if you're just getting started. Um, I always say that a silent real estate investor is a broke real estate investor. So you just need to start telling people who you are and what it is you do. And you can get together a little, you know, to use the term elevator speech, um, you know, which is, you know, a couple of seconds that tells, you know, who it is, who you are and what it is you do. You know, I provide um, investment opportunities uh, or I provide uh, rent to own. And along with that, I help my friends get into investment opportunities to get better and average returns. You know, something that will will ask get people's curiosity and get them to start talking to you. I, I use the rent home thing and the investment opportunities and better and average returns. And those two things really go hand in hand very nicely. And people don't know a lot about rent homes, so they want to know more about that and then they want to know about how do I give them better than average returns. That always gives people a curiosity. One of the other things I want to highlight too is that there is a lot of uh, income in Canada. We're, we're you know, one of the most wealthiest nations in the world. And people have money that they would like to invest. They realize that they're not getting great interest rate at the banks right now. Their RSPs are probably only getting them maybe 3 to 4%. They're looking down the road and going, okay, how am I going to retire? And what's the world going to look like a few years down the road? And you know, how can I take more action and have a little more control over my investment opportunities. Along with that, Canadians are one of the most giving nations in the, in the world. We give a very high percentage of our disposable income to charity and to other organizations because we want to feel good about helping other people and giving back. And one of the things that I find with especially doing rent-to-own joint ventures is that people feel really good about doing that. It's a good opportunity for me to help a family get into a home that they may not have got into, you know, ever, or it would have been a long time before they would have saved up enough money to get the down payment. I can help them through a rent home get into something quicker and start building equity towards something for them and their family. And in turn, I can bring in a partner that can help me do that, and I'll give them a better than average return on what they would possibly get in their bank. And people feel really good about that because they're not giving handouts, they're giving hand ups. So I would highly suggest that if you're in the rent-home business, this is something that should go hand-in-hand hand with your rent-home business. Most of you are probably doing it already. If you haven't you know, ventured that way yet, definitely give it a consideration. It's really easy to sell rent-to-own joint ventures for that reason. Did you have anything else you wanted to add there, Tim? Uh, there is one more question. Uh, thank you for that. Um, Single-family homes in Phoenix, do you still have any visibility to those or have any in your own portfolio? Because I actually had somebody approach me just last week that has himself and his group uh, wanted to get into the U.S. They haven't yet, and they've got um, cash to, to, to look at some single-family homes. And they were looking at Florida, and I kind of discouraged them against that because numbers don't really make sense there. But I was wondering if you did have anything in Phoenix still. I do. I do. The Phoenix market has gotten much tougher because the market has started to go up, you know, yeah. and not only just in Phoenix, but pretty much all over the United States. And I've had a lot of people that have been sitting back and saying, oh, I want to wait till the bottom hits. 
and the bottom hit in November of 2011. Absolutely. And it's just been going up ever since. So for those people that are interested in investing in the U.S., it really is the time to get in now. There's still opportunity there. You can still buy below market value and, you know, with the opportunity for appreciation and a decent rent. So you can still get things at a reasonable price, but it has gone up compared to what it was a year ago even. So timing is so of the essence. Can you still get a decent property for under 100000 um, yes, you can still get some uh, properties in decent neighborhoods for under hundred thousand. Probably, you know, properties that we were buying for sixty a couple years ago now are going for eighty. Eighty or ninety, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Great. those properties, same properties, sold for close to two hundred. You know, back in the book. So, Perfect. Yeah, give me a shout. Give me a shout. Let's get together. I'm going to be in Houston all next week, Monday to Friday, but uh, I'm available. You know, I'm around the week after. Sounds great. I'll be in touch. Awesome. Look forward Thanks, to talking guys. to you, Tim. You're welcome. Anybody else have any questions? Okay. Uh, I'm just going to be muted. Uh, do you have any feedback? It's not more likely about joint ventures, but that's my personal question. Hawaii market. Are you familiar Hawaii? with Hawaii? Yep. You know, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time looking at the Hawaii market. Uh, Eric, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the top five um, states in the United States that were hit the hardest with the foreclosures were Florida, Texas, uh, not Texas, uh, Arizona, Nevada, Southern California, and Hawaii. The states that are responding and rebounding the fastest are the exact same states. So things are starting to pick up in Hawaii. Um, the Hawaii market is a bit of an anomaly in the fact that we certainly do have people from mainland United States and Canada that go there to invest, but you have a lot of people that come over from the Asian market to invest there as well. So, you know, there's a different dynamics there about who the investors are. So it's still, my understanding, still good opportunity to get deals there, but again, it is moving up too. Okay. Sorry, York, catch up. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we are just having a, making due diligence. Maybe we will have a look on a couple properties there. So, okay. Uh, okay. For personal reasons, like like Hawaii last time went, so <laughs> why not utilize yeah. it, right? So, yeah, okay. it's a beautiful place for sure. Perfect. I have a Mr. Mike. I'm going to unmute you, Mr. Mike. I cannot Hi, unmute you. Just give me a second. Strange. I'm just clicking on unmute and it doesn't permit me. Uh, Mr. Mike, would you mind just writing uh, your question in the tab or make sure that the quality of the of your connection is good because it's question mark next to your name, so there's some problems. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, Mr. Colin. Hello, Colin. Oh, hi. Uh, do you do anything in Central America, like Costa Rica and Panama, or anything down in that area? Uh, no, I actually have not personally looked into those markets at all. Um, Costa Rica was hit really hard after right. the crash with the United States, because that was predominantly who was buying down there and in Panama. Um, so I have not gone there. However, what I am hearing is that the South Americans are starting to buy in those locations, because 
South America we tend to forget about because they're like our neighbors to the south. But um, the, a lot of the South American countries are doing very, very well, like Brazil, for example. And I do know some investments in Brazil that look like they are very viable, but I haven't looked any, any further. That's good. I'm going to unmute Mr. Tim just for a second. Just give me a second. Uh, Mr. Colin, you are still online. Hold a second. Mr. Tim. Hi there, um, <clears throat> Colin. This is uh, Tim Reed. I just wanted to let you know I do know somebody who is uh, currently doing due diligence on a few properties in the Costa Rica market, actually. So if you wanted to look me up on Canada Reek, you can send me a message and we could uh, talk about that if you like. Sounds good. Okay. Both of you guys are muted now. In the section is called uh, Investor Stock, and you can ask the questions. So don't hesitate, guys. This is for you guys. Okay, Mr. Mike, I'm trying to unmute you again, and I cannot. There is a problem with your connection. I do really apologize. Mike, are you able to take your question into the, the question Please do so. chat line box? Well, certainly I would love to answer your question. That's very strange. First time ever happened. Uh, personal question. Do you, would you like to invest with your family members and joint venture with them? This is a very common question, which I've been asked many times. Uh, yes, absolutely. I have done stuff with my family members as well. Some people hesitate to go to their family. It's it's usually the easiest to go to, and uh, especially if you're doing your first deal with you know parents or brothers or sisters or whatever. Um, I wouldn't discount them altogether. See what happens. Okay. So I see an answer from Mr. Mike. I just wanted to say hi. It's Mike from Go Mike Gutierrez from Ontario. Oh, hello, Mike. How are you? I just saw that you had sent me a message too. Okay. Nice to talk to you. Okay. Uh, is there any other questions, guys? Uh, the presentation is recorded. It will be available within 24 hours on Canada EIC TV section. Uh, you are more than welcome. Uh, to review it and watch again. Uh, this is about, we, we do record all the presentations, right Shelley? Yes. Okay, and okay. thank you very much for mentioning about Canada REIC. Uh, that's very, very kind of you. And I, yes, I can confirm it to everybody. And Madam Shelley Hagen, she's second after me with number 63. <laughs> Registered just a couple of days after, and what happened was we were talking many, many times about organizing the club, and I shared my ideas with Madame Shelley, and she said it. Why not? And since then, that was a couple of years ago, we've been doing, and we are very persistent, and we will never give up till we yeah. die, <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> somebody else will take care, take take over the torch, right? <laughs> Exactly. 
So we are not going anywhere, guys, and we will be growing. And our goal is to help you to, to be successful as a real estate investors. Simple as that, guys. Okay? So, guys, exactly. don't hesitate. That's why we're here. That's why we are here. So do not hesitate to contact uh, I'm Shirley Hagen. Uh, we, we can post your presentation, and that's one of the new features for Canada EIC where we will we can post your presentation in PDF format or any other format on the under the file section in the, your presentation. Uh, do not hesitate to contact Shirley by calling 403-668-7755. Uh, hint: Use the text messages. Can we t do texting on that oh. phone or? Uh, sorry, not on that one. No, if you oh, want to okay. text me, I'll put that number in my uh, in the the chat. Okay. That's my cell. By by experience, I know <laughs> texting is much more sufficient now than calling. Yes. <laughs> anyway, diarydevelopment.com and soundcornetinvestments.com. Don't hesitate. Thank you very much. You can find me everywhere. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm there. Okay. Mr. Tim, you have one question, is it? Last question. Are you okay with it? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We got plenty of time. Tim. So uh, I just thought about thought about this uh, as you were sort of closing there. What, in your opinion, is the next emerging market in in the U.S. Because obviously, as numbers don't make sense one area, there's always a, the next area that's still a good place where nobody else is uh, making a lot of offers. So, what do you think is next on the horizon in the U.S.? Well, you know, it's a very good question. Um, a lot of the really key markets are are getting pretty busy, but I still think there's opportunities. If you look at where the jobs and the people are typically moving to traditionally, in the United States, and I probably don't anticipate it's going to change is going to be in what we call the Sun Belt, which is the you know southern part of the United States. So, Southern California, you know Nevada, Arizona, etc. Um, probably though, where you're going to see more migration is going to be into Arizona. Uh, a lot of businesses are moving out of California because California is almost bankrupt, and it costs a third of the overall cost to run a business in Arizona than it does in Southern California. Um, as well, I would say Texas. In the Texas triangle that I refer to between Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio with Austin in the middle, they're forecasting 10 to you know, 16 million people are going to move there in the next 10 to 20 years. So, and it, so far, Texas has been the state in the union that has had the most successful growth opportunities for jobs. So I think if you're investing there, you have an opportunity. And uh, Atlanta as well. Uh, Florida has had some significant decrease in properties and things are starting to rebound. But the jobs are not there the same as they are in those other states. Okay. That's, you know, what I'm seeing. Atlanta, between Atlanta and Texas, they have the most uh, Fortune 500 companies. They've rolled it out fairly well, and there's opportunity. Their property values have gone up in Atlanta, but not the same as they have in Florida and, and uh, Nevada and Arizona. Okay, great. 
Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Any other questions, guys? Otherwise, we close it. It's exactly one hour after we started the presentation. Shelley, do you have any other feedback, opinion, uh, ideas to share with Canada RIAC members? Please don't hesitate. I would love to hear from you. I always do. <laughs> well, I guess just in you know, time in terms of what the conversation I had with Tim, for those people that are interested in the, the U.S. investing, I would say the window of opportunity is shortening. We probably get another year there. Originally, about a year ago, we were saying another three. But with the things that have changed in the past year, I'm saying maybe another year. So those of you that are interested in going down there, that's probably an opportunity to uh, take a look at pretty, pretty quickly. Um, as well, you know, if you're interested in taking your business to the next level, you know, really need to take a look at where you're at now and how do you get things moving along and maybe you know, take a look at what other people are doing and see if there's some synergy there to, you know, maybe um, take your, you know, hire a coach or a mentor or someone to help you take your business that much further as you're going to move forward. Investment in yourself is always a well worth uh, investment. You'll always get a return on that investment in the future. Okay, we have a Mr. Mike. Uh, change the computer, so Mr. Mike. Hey, Shelley. How hey, you Mike. doing? I'm great. Congratulations, by the way. I never got a chance to formally tell you in person. Congratulations on your award from Toronto. Thank you very much. We uh, we really missed it. We were on vacation, and we were really hoping my wife was going to cancel the trip because she really wanted to go. Yes, well, it was great. Mike and uh, his wife Michelle were successful in winning the award at the Canadian Real Estate Investment Forum in early uh, March out in Toronto, and I was one of the presenters out there. And um, and I actually uh, I presented one of the awards too when you guys won the uh, the the uh, new investor award, correct? Yep, the newcomer of the year, yeah. yeah. And you're going to see... I was just trying to think of the name when I wasn't coming. Thank you. There'll be a new, there'll be a write-up in June and the uh, the publication, too. Which is great. Awesome. Congratulations to you guys. Thank you very much. You were a big so, part of that, too. You pushed me into the wholesaling, and it's done really well. My whole first <laughs> wholesale deal, I told you before, was $20,000. That's awesome. Awesome. That's very good. Good for you. No, you were you we were a big, big, big part of that success. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you very much for feedback. You know, you guys are the ones that did it, and that's awesome. Just taking the tools and, and the process and running with it, that's great. Yeah, and listening to your joint venture thing tonight is just, it, it, we, we pretty much exercise everything that you've said there uh, just by teaming up with other people and I think we've got about six joint ventures right now, and we've got about ten sitting on the fence right now. Awesome! Good for you guys. You go. So no, it's uh, it's it's fun every day, and uh, it's you know, rent owns are, are where we're at right now, and a lot of buy and holds and wholesaling, and uh, a little bit of everything. So great, excellent, excellent. Well, congratulations. We're moving. We're, okay. We've got a team of us going to look in the U.S. though in the future. You know, down in Texas. Okay. Well, let me know when you're going. Yeah, we will. We're okay. uh, we're, we're we're looking more on the to, for guidance on the asset protection part of it. And I'm, I've 
told a few of the people that I'm in the group with to uh, get to sign you up as a mentor to push you into okay. the U.S. part. So. Well, I'm actually mentoring down in Texas next week. Nice. I'm taking a group down to Houston, so we'll be down there for a few days. Good. Well, keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And congratulations to you guys. Look forward to seeing you guys hopefully soon. Yes, definitely. Great. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome, Mike. Congratulations, Mike. Thanks. Okay, and uh, Mr. Colin. Hello? Yes, hey Colin. Are you, are you um, doing anything in Michigan? I, did, I uh, invest in Detroit. In Detroit? Mm-hmm. And Detroit area, I guess you could say. Are you looking for something specific in, in Michigan? No, I, uh, I'm just kind of interested. Um, I know it's a really depressed area. The city's in bad shape. The city's in bad shape. Uh, the estate is actually um, forcing the <coughs> city government to, you know, develop a plan on how they're going to move forward kind of thing because they're on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, but there are still, you know, people still live there and people work every day and, and have, you know, viable jobs and the opportunity for, uh, you know, rent is huge there. There's a very high percentage of people's rent. Right. So it is, uh, the appreciation is not going to be galloping probably in Detroit because it is, you know, it is up in what we consider the Rust Belt. And, uh, you know, a lot of those businesses have really suffered because it's, it's so uh, so related to manufacturing. And manufacturing in North America is just really taking a huge hit. But um, they have an opportunity to turn it around. There are some things that have started that it's not getting there. So, you know, it is, it, you would buy there for cash flow and with the intent of a long-term appreciation. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Any other questions? No, that was the last question for today, I think. Okay. All right, well, thanks again, Eric. It was great to uh, come on and talk to the group. I hope you folks found it beneficial. And again, if you have any questions or feedback, please uh, let me know. And uh, I look forward to uh, doing another one for you at some point here in the future. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com.